Welcome to this message from Port Life Church. Our goal is to bring life to the Port community and beyond. And our hope is that this message will inspire and encourage you today. Well, good morning, everyone. It is uh, great to be here, and it's really good to see you all here on this winter's morning. And uh, a big hello to those of you who may be uh, watching online. Now, like Nick said, most of you would know that I'm a painter. Now, I've been painting for, gosh, pretty well nearly 33 years now. I started painting at my uncle's uh, painting company in Perth. He had a large firm. There was about uh, 30 of us in total. And we would paint all the major building sites in the city. So we'd paint shopping centres, schools, uh, cinema uh, complexes, big projects like that. And after a couple of years from first uh, starting with my uncle and I began my apprenticeship, I uh, turned 21 and I also became a Christian. Now, being a Christian on a building site, let me tell you right now, this can be tough. Being a Christian in this environment What it actually did is that it provoked some very deep feelings and emotions from my fellow workers. And this morning I'd like to share a couple of those experiences with you. Now, I've entitled my message as part of uh, the Open Book series, I've entitled it The Bondage Breaker. But what I want to have a look at this morning is forgiveness. Now, you know, and as as we talk about forgiveness, there really is only one man who has perfected forgiveness, and that is Jesus Christ. So he really only has complete authority on this subject. And I feel that uh, my title, The Bondage Breaker, I feel that this is relevant when we're talking about forgiveness because that is exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us and what he can continue to do for us in our lives. When you look up the word meaning that defines the word bondage, it states it as someone being in a state of slavery or as the condition of not being free because you are heavily influenced by someone or something. So, uh, the two stories which I'd like to share with you this morning, they will expose those who are trapped in bondage, who are trapped in unforgiveness and enduring all the terrible fruit that comes from that, and will also expose those who are living in forgiveness and and experiencing the life-giving fruit of Jesus Christ. Sound all right? Okay, cool. Can we put the first picture up, please? All righty, there I am. That's me. Supporting a superb mullet. Like, I wish I still had that hair. I'd flick it back and forward on my neck. Come on, for those of you who had a mullet, you did that. It happened. So, uh, look, anyway, uh, I was 21 years of age there, and uh, that was just before I became a Christian. Now, like I said before, being a Christian on a building site, this could be tough. There were uh, many times when um, I'd actually cop a bit of criticism from some people. Where I, I'd, I'd actually have comments said to me like, Jason, the only reason why you became a Christian is because you cannot handle life by yourself. Now, obviously, like a comment like this is designed to uh, poke at your pride. What it's doing, it's implying that you are weak. But the fact of the matter was, before I had Jesus into my life, I was weak. I was flawed. Right? I was... I was I guess, defected in such a way that it caused me to be spiritually weak when facing the troubles of life. Now, don't get me wrong. I faced the troubles of life with everything that I had. Like, I was no pushover. But I had to come to a point of realising that it didn't matter how hard I tried, I could not live life without Jesus. Because it really doesn't matter how tough, how strong that you think you are. I've seen the toughest 
the strongest of men fall to their knees, acknowledging that they are weak before God and that they cannot live without him. Now, has, um, has anyone seen a movie called Once Were Warriors? Okay, if you've seen this movie, it's very powerful, it's a very impacting movie. Um, it's, a, it's about a family in New Zealand uh, where the main character was a very violent and aggressive man named Jake DeMuss. And here he is. He's, a, he's a, an intimidating fellow. And uh, while, while I was working uh, with my uncle, we had uh, a Jake DeMuss work for us, and his name was Ben. Now, um, Ben was a Maori fellow, and look, I personally found him to be a really nice guy, but he wasn't one to be messed with. He, um, he was physically very imposing, and he, he had that look that could be very intimidating, which you could just drop at a hat. He had an up, a hard upbringing as a child. Um, he would have to stand in cow patties to keep his feet warm during winter because he didn't have any shoes. Um, he spent some time uh, in, in jail for assault just prior to working with us. And obviously all the guys were really careful what they said to him because they were just really unsure what he might do. But for some strange reason, I found it very easy to talk to Ben and he never ever once gave me that intimidating look. Now, Ben knew that I was a Christian and Ben's initial view of me was because I was a Christian, I must have been this goody-goody. Right? The churchy who's always done the right thing. And this impression that he had of me, it would be reinforced when um, I wouldn't attend uh, the end of job site work parties on the building site, which would include um, a lot of heavy drinking and also strippers. I, I would just uh, sit in the lunch shed and wait till it was all finished. So because of this, when Ben saw this, he developed this view that the only people who are accepted in church are people that are already good. Right? He, did, he didn't know anything about my past life before Jesus actually uh, came into my life and changed my ways. So because of this, um, that I developed this connection with him, I said to him one time, I said, um, Ben, look, mate, I was just recently baptised. Um, I have my uh, testimony that's recorded on tape. I said, would you like to listen to it? So to, uh, to my surprise, he said yes. I gave it to him on a Friday. Uh, for him to listen to over the weekend and understandably I was a little bit nervous when Monday came because I wasn't really sure how he'd respond. So anyway, I saw Benny come walking in and I said, Ben, uh, did you have a listen to my um, testimony, mate? And he looked at me with uh, what could only be described of this face of great relief and joy and he said to me, yeah, I did, bro, and I feel so much better. And I said, oh, okay, well, why is that? And he goes, because it turns out you're far more messed up than me. <laughs> right? And look, as funny as that sounds, right, it was true. You know, I, he was right. I was messed up. I did a lot of things that I was ashamed of before I actually came to Christ. I was lost. I was broken. I was weak. Yet Jesus was still willing to meet me just how I was and accept me just how I am. So because of this, this, this gave Ben a, um, I guess like a great confidence and hope where he began to think to himself, you know what, maybe this guy Jesus is willing to meet someone like me, someone who's messed up. So in Mark 2.17 it says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call though, uh, not those, sorry, 
who think they are righteous, but those who know that they are sinners. So Ben, this Jake Damas, the toughest, the most intimidating man that I've ever met, he went to church the following weekend and he presented himself before God in weakness. All right? He humbled himself because he knew at that point that he was a sinner. And you know, he was just so sick and tired of living in a life of bondage. He didn't want to live in the sin anymore and endure all the terrible fruit that sin produces, which ultimately leads to death. He wanted to be free. He wanted to start a whole new life with Jesus. So he confessed his sin and he had a confidence that Jesus would meet him right where he was at and accept him just how he was and forgive him. In 1 John 1.9, it says, If we claim to have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and we are not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all wickedness. How good's that? So that brings me to my first point, and that is it all starts with Jesus. John 14, 6. This is Jesus speaking, and this is what he says. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus says, I am the way. Not one way or a way. He is the only way. He says he is the truth and the life. He is stating that there is no other way of receiving eternal life other than through him. So if we want to be free from the bondage of sin, then it all starts with Jesus. It starts by asking for his forgiveness. Because really that is the key here. right? You cannot receive something that you don't own unless you ask the owner to give it to you. And only Jesus has made complete claim of everything that forgiveness is. He owns the title. He has perfected forgiveness. And only Jesus has authority to forgive. And only Jesus forgave all of us when we murdered him on the cross. Murdered him on the cross. Oh, that's a harsh statement, isn't it? We might even say to ourselves, well, hang on a minute. I didn't murder him. Sure, I know that I've done some uh, bad things in my life. But you know what? I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't do that. And if you're thinking that this morning, well, I think the same way as well. But the facts are, in our brokenness, we actually did. And that was the bondage of sin that our hearts were trapped in. You know, this is very confronting to each and every one of us if you really think about it. We were all trapped in sin in such a way that it literally corrupted our hearts. Gosh, have a listen to what the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, 9. This is brutal. It says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who knows how bad it is? Now, well, God knows how bad it is. And even though that he knows how bad it is, he still chose to love us unconditionally anyway. I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. We murdered him, we are desperately wicked, yet he chose to forgive us and die for us without any hesitation. Surely there's no greater act of love and forgiveness than that. Now I know that um, what I'm sharing at the moment, this all might sound a bit heavy, but thankfully, once we come to that point of acknowledging that we're a sinner and we ask Jesus to come into our lives from our heart He forgives us in the most incredible way. He forgives us as if we'd never even committed the crime in the first place. 
Listen to Hebrews 8.12. It says, And I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never remember their sins. So that's it. It's done. Our sins, our crime, they are gone forever. And it is now Jesus who resides in us. This is great news because we are not on our own anymore. And also from this point, something very powerful happens to each and every one of us. This also means that we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, which is crucial when to be able to forgive others. Which brings me to my next point, and that is we must forgive others. Now when someone says this to you, like I'm completely aware that this can actually be very challenging. We might even think to ourselves, well, why must I forgive? No one can force me to forgive. And if you're thinking that, you're dead right. Making the choice to forgive someone is a completely free choice. You know, choosing to forgive someone who has hurt you terribly, it can be a major battle. You know, depending on how bad the offence is, you know, it can feel like you're being stabbed in the side as you choose to let go of the crime that was done against you. But you know what? Jesus literally knows how this feels when he forgave all of humanity, when a Roman soldier pierced the side of his stomach to ensure that he was dead. So he knows what it feels like. He's been there. So firstly, we must forgive others because Jesus forgave us first. And if we want to become more Christ-like and live abundantly, free from the bondage of sin, then we must forgive. Now, forgiving others... Uh, this, this can feel like near impossible to achieve, but it really does depend on how you see the situation. Like We will never be able to perfect, uh, perfect forgiveness because only Jesus has perfected it in such a way that he completely forget the crime. Like We as humans, we're never going to forget the crime. But with the Holy Spirit's help, and if we choose to partner with Jesus and just try to do the best that we can by uh, looking at forgiving others through his eyes... Well, I actually believe we can get pretty close. So, how do we partner with Jesus to forgive? Is it like a, a one-time deal and then we've got it mastered and then we think, all right, we're all good? Well, the disciple Peter was also keen on learning on uh, partnering with Jesus and learning how to forgive. So he asked the same question. In Matthew 18, 21, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So in other words, Jesus is saying here that the number is limitless. Forgive, forgive, forgive. Why? Because Jesus knows that if we choose not to forgive, even little small offences, even those things left untreated, it can grow within us into something pretty ugly. And it can take hold of our lives. You know, unfortunately, I have seen some people's uh, lives change dramatically from the worst, from something that could have been dealt with easily, but they made a choice not to forgive. And that literally allowed a disease like to be able to uh, grow within them, where it literally changed their path in life. They fell into bondage, living in hurt, anger, pain, and all this was just shaping their entire well-being. But you can see it on their faces. You can hear it in their voices. It's incredibly sad. 
right? There could have been another way. And that's why Jesus says, forgive, forgive, forgive. We can't stop forgiving. Like, I'm sure that Jesus is, um, like, he's not wanting us to be in denial of what we are experiencing. Like, he knows exactly what we are going through. But what I believe he is doing is that he's looking out for us. He's trying to protect our hearts. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else. So above everything, for it determines the course of your life. You know, our, our path in life can literally be determined by whatever is going on in your heart. So can I encourage you all? Remain watchful. Right? Take a moment to pause against all the emotional pain that you may be experiencing and guard your heart with Christ's truth and mindset. Like this, is, this is very important because we also have an adversary that is prowling, that is looking, just taking, looking for the opportunity to take advantage of the situation and throw as much fuel on the fire of, of unforgiveness as he can. In 1 Peter 5.8 it says, Stay alert, watch out for your enemy the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. But I, I am convinced that the devil salivates with excitement, right, when we choose, when we make that choice not to forgive others, even when it's something small, because he knows he has a chance to make it grow. But he can't make it grow unless we guard our hearts with the truth. He's got no hope. Like, if I'm going to be honest, I've had situations in my life where uh, someone has offended me, and I thought to myself, okay, well, what I'll do, so this problem doesn't grow any further, I'll go approach that person, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, discuss the situation, I guess, and apologise. Well, guess what? <laughs> I didn't actually get the outcome that I expected, right? I didn't get an, an apology in return like I hoped that I would get. And, you know, this is where the enemy has been prowling and has just been looking and waiting to accuse the other person. The Bible also refers to the devil as the accuser and that's what he begins to do. So I've actually had thoughts where I've began to think to myself, you know what, why did you bother with that? Like that was a complete waste of time. Now you know what these people are really like. They're idiots. Right? That's bad. These thoughts are not from God. So if we don't recognise these thoughts for what they are, and we begin to look at the situation through Christ's eyes, so remaining watchful and guarding our hearts, a terrible disease and upset can begin to grow. You know, living um, the last couple of years through COVID is something that I never ever thought that I'd experience in my lifetime. And when you look at it as a whole, a disease came unexpectedly. It began to bring sickness and death to the entire world. And what did humanity do about it? It recognised the sickness and it began to put measures in place to combat the sickness. So isolation, masks, um, uh, billions of dollars spent on a vaccine in order to be able to try free humanity from sickness and death. Could you imagine how the entire world would look and how it would change if we all chose to forgive, forgive, forgive? Like, unforgiveness is far more dangerous than COVID. It can cause wars, domestic violence, so much suffering and pain, yet the majority of the world won't put God's measures in place to fight it. Why is that? 
Well, I believe it's a spiritual problem. And that brings me to my final point in story. Oh, which my final point is, only Jesus can empower us to forgive. So just before my second point, I said that the power of the Holy Spirit is crucial when forgiving others. The reason why the majority of the world cannot forgive like Jesus can is that if you're not a Christian, then you can't be empowered by the Holy Spirit. When we make the choice to forgive others through Christ's mindset, the Holy Spirit partners with us in such a way to help us to forgive, which is not actually humanly possible. All right, this is great news. Because it's what, what, what this tells me is that we're not on our own anymore. If you think about it, we have the most powerful force in the universe that is partnering with us, helping us to be able to get through. Now, um, the next story which I'd just like to share with you is um, something that I've never experienced. As a, a parent, I hope that I never have to. Um, I wouldn't know what it's like to experience this pain. But I felt compelled to share it this morning because I believe, personally for me, this is one of the greatest examples of Christians being empowered by the Holy Spirit to forgive. So, um, like I said before, I used to paint shopping centres. And there was one particular shopping centre that we painted which I'll never forget. Um, We were coming towards uh, the end of this job And the last section that we had to paint was this large toilet block. So there was about 10 of us in total uh, painting this toilet block. Um, I remember the long hours working on the Saturday and the Sunday to ensure that it was open uh, before Monday came. Um, I remember the heavy paint fumes uh, due to the lack of ventilation. And I also remember joking with workmates as we painted. But I also remember it for another reason. I remember it because not even three days later after we finished painting this toilet block, a horrendous crime was about to take place. At uh, four o'clock in the afternoon, eight-year-old Sophia Rodriguez, uh, she left her family and went to go to the toilet. As she went to go head off to the toilet, a man named Dante Arthurs, who worked at the shopping centre, he followed her and waited for her outside the toilet block. When she came out, he grabbed her and dragged it into the disabled toilet. About 15 minutes later, Sophia's older brother went looking for her. He went to the disabled toilet, he opened up the door, and what he saw before him was just absolutely shocking. Little Sophia was uh, laying on the floor. She'd been assaulted and abused in ways which is just too graphic to repeat, and she had a life taken from her. And... Like, when my workmates and I heard this story, all right, we, we were shocked. Because in some strange way, I guess that we felt that we had this connection with her because we'd just been standing, working, right where this crime had taken place. So that night, um, Sophia's parents were going to make a statement on the news. And it showed Sophia's mum. Uh, uh, she was there, just crying, completely distraught. She was unable to speak. It showed Sophia's father, his head down, Tears. And then he gathered up the strength and he looked straight into the camera and he made the most incredible statement. He declared his family's faith in God and that they forgive the man that took their daughter from them. All right, and and when, like when I heard this statement, okay, I was shocked. 
right? And, and this became the major talking point at work the next day, where all my workmates, they were shocked. In fact, they were angry because this level of forgiveness, right, it was just so challenging to take hold. But the thing was, is that Sophia's parents, they knew. They knew if they were going to get through this terrible tragedy, then they had to hold on to Christ with everything that they had. They needed to hold on to his mindset. They needed to adapt to his way of thinking. Because this forgiveness, this does not come from mankind's heart. This forgiveness comes from God's heart. Because when mankind murdered Jesus Christ, God's one and only son for a crime that he didn't commit, Jesus never cried out in anger. Jesus never cried out, they must die. Jesus cried out the most incredible statement from Luke 23, 34, where he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. You know, this, this is a level of forgiveness that surely this would have been impossible to achieve unless you were empowered by God. Like, I believe that this was a defining moment for the Rodriguez family. You know, I, I very much doubt that they actually would have really wanted to forgive this man. Like, it hadn't even been four or five hours since this happened. Like, their emotions would have been too raw. But could you imagine how their lives would have turned out? How, how they would have been if they'd chosen not to forgive? Well, I believe their life would have been a living hell right to the moment that they died. But the thing was, is that they had an insight that was not from this world, and they chose to partner with Jesus in order to get them through. So what was their insight? What did they choose to put in place? Well, number one, they remained watchful of their situation. They saw the situation for what it is. Number two, they guarded their hearts against any more pain and suffering that they were already experiencing. And number three, by choosing to trust Jesus and hold on to his mindset, they were empowered by the Holy Spirit to forgive. That's right. They actually overcame the loss. Listen to what Mr. Rodriguez said 10 years later. He said that his family had tried very hard to focus on the girl that Sophia was during her life instead of the tragedy of her death and that their strong family bond and faith had been integral to them overcoming the loss. He also said, and this is incredible, he says you also get strength through situations like this and we feel stronger now. Can you believe that? We feel stronger now. This undoubtedly has to be a miracle. This has to be an intervention from God. God helped them through, all because they made the choice to forgive. So my three, my three main points, forgiveness, true forgiveness, it all starts with Jesus. Jesus broke the power of sin and death so that we could spend eternity with him. Number two, we must forgive others to live like Christ and to guard our hearts against the enemy. Number three, only Jesus can empower us to forgive. The Holy Spirit empowers us to overcome in a way that is just not humanly possible. Now, I know that the story which I've shared about the Rodriguez family, this is a very heavy and tragic story, I know that. But I felt compelled to share it this morning to encourage, because it is also a story of great hope and victory against terrible tragedy. You know, when I did my research uh, on the family and I began to uh, read the text, 
I sense something in the words. I sense that at the end of the despair, there was a joy. Now, I'm not talking about a joy that was uh, found through the loss of their precious Sophia. No, no way. I'm not talking about that. But what I am talking about is a joy that was found through knowing Jesus Christ and it was Jesus who got them through. All right, there, there is a joy and a comfort when we, when we forgive others that only God can give. There is a joy and a release that only God can give when we ask for His forgiveness. Like Nick said earlier, and this is part of my notes, and I, and I was surprised by it. It was that Jesus Christ, he disregarded the shame of the cross because of the joy awaiting him. You know, the last couple of years, I can't help but feel that, you know, with COVID and like, all the craziness that's been going along in the world at the moment, right, that maybe some of us have lost our joy. So I felt prompted uh, to ask Em to sing House of the Lord this morning. All right? This... This is a, a, a joy, a joyful song. I believe that God, I believe that Jesus wants to turn great despair into joy this morning. So can I encourage you, as we sing this this morning, let, our, let, let God minister to you. Let God speak to you as we sing with us with all our hearts. Oh, thank you so much, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your joy. We thank you, Father that no matter what we are going through in our life, there is a joy that we can receive from you. Through your death on the cross, Lord, you turned all despair into great joy. Father, we thank you for your joy this morning. Now this morning, maybe through this song or, or, or through the message, God has been speaking to you because maybe you've lost some of your joy. Maybe, maybe someone has hurt you terribly and you've been living in unforgiveness. And what this pain and suffering has done has actually changed who you are. Like you're not quite the person that you used to be and you're sick to death of feeling like this. But it almost feels as if like it's impossible to forgive. Well, if that is you, I feel that God wants to free you this morning and he wants to fill you with his joy. Or maybe you haven't experienced the joy and the freedom that comes by asking for God's forgiveness by asking Him to be your personal Lord and Saviour. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking to yourself, well, Jason, you don't know what I've done. Like I've done some terrible things in my life, which I'm really ashamed of. Now, if that is you, I would say, welcome to the club. Okay, every single person has fallen short before God and has sinned. But that is the joy and the thrill of the love of God, that it doesn't matter what you've done, He loves you anyway. So bring it before God this morning. Ask for His forgiveness and He will. He will forgive you. So if that is you this morning, what I'd like to do, I'd like to open up the front to some prayer. So if, the, if that's you this morning, would you like to come forward? I believe God wants to fill you with His joy. I believe that He wants to free you of that this morning. Or maybe you're here and you'd like prayer for something else. If, if that's you, would you like to come forward? I'm going to be here uh, with the rest of the pastors. We're not going to make a spectacle of it. We just want to pray for you. I believe that uh, God wants to fill you with his joy this morning. If that's you, would you like to come forward? Everyone else is going to be able to go and head out and have a coffee and have some fellowship. But I just don't want to waste this opportunity. 
for you to receive more of God's joy. So if that's you, would you make that faithful step? In the Bible it says, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. Sometimes it just takes us to make those few steps, but then God comes and meets us where we're at. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this message from Port Life Church. If you have any questions, please email info at portlife.org.au. Have a great day.